you might want to try this lifestyle and you find out it's not for you anyway. So I think the best thing is that you at least you had a go at it rather than staying at the office and thinking, oh, maybe I should have had a try. But not everyone lasts this long, I suppose. This is Debbie and welcome to another episode of Beat Off Beat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to become location independent. We'll learn how to create sustainable laptop lifestyles from the experts that will help us achieve freedom from our nine to five. Hey friend, are you looking to land a remote gig ASAP? Well, did you know that we not only have a ton of online jobs you can apply to on our site, but now we are also sending them straight to your inbox. I'm happy to announce that we will be sending our email subscribers legit online jobs every Wednesday. We have done hours of research so you don't have to. If you want to be the first one to hear about the remote gigs we find, go to theoffbeatlife.com to subscribe. In this episode, I speak with James, who is a travel writer at Nomadic Notes, and he has been a digital nomad since 2003. He's currently in Vietnam, where he is working on his latest project called Future Southeast Asia, a guide to construction, transport, and infrastructure in Southeast Asia. So listen on to find out how James has been able to travel the world as a travel journalist. Hey everyone, thank you so much for being here. I am so excited to speak with my guest today. I'm here with James. Hi James, how are you? Hi, how are you? I am wonderful. Thank you so much for being here. Can you tell us a little bit about you and why you live an offbeat life? Well, I've been living an offbeat life, uh, I guess you could say since 1999, which is when I first started working and traveling. And Ever since I discovered travel, I knew that that was how I wanted to live my life. I wasn't really satisfied with uh, working in an office every day and and working to someone else's routine. So I've spent pretty much the rest of my life trying to work out how to get out of the office, work for myself and to incorporate a life of travel. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot that you have done already. You've done this for, what, two decades now, James? So I'm sure you have a ton of experience and a ton of stories that you can share with us. But before we get to that, can you tell us how you actually prepared for this journey? Because when you started, digital nomadism wasn't even a thing, right? So you're definitely an original with this type of lifestyle. Yeah, so... There was no resources about digital nomadism or let alone it probably wasn't even a word when I started. So I started by doing the working holiday visa, which is available for Australians and some other countries where we have uh, reciprocal agreements. So I saw that there was like a two-year visa available for Australians in the UK. So I was like, you know what, this is what I'm going to do. So I went over to London in 1999 and I had no work qualifications at that point. I didn't have a university degree. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And I was just doing temporary work. But that was my ticket to get traveling and start living an interesting life. So I used that as a platform to try and work out what I wanted to do with my life. And you mentioned that there wasn't really a lot of resources for you when you first started. How did it end up becoming sustainable for you? How did you make sure that this traveling lifestyle was something that you can do 
in the long term, right? Because a lot of people will do something that you do. They'll get a job abroad and then they come home after the money runs out or maybe they'll have odd jobs here and there, but you were able to make this really sustainable for you. What type of, I guess, system did you create for yourself that allowed you to do this? Well, initially, uh, it was just basically a life of working as hard as I could to save money and then go traveling in between work, which is fine for a while because I hadn't been anywhere. So it was like I could go to London and then like save up a bunch of money working overtime and then go travel around Europe and then come back to work again and then do it all over again. And then I went back to Australia and I I didn't want to stay there, so I did another working holiday visa in Ireland, and that was for one year. But then I realised that I I needed to do something sustainable where I could do some work on my own terms because I couldn't do this forever. Like I was going to run out of these working visas eventually, so... By then, I had uh, taken up a course in making websites. And so while I was doing these jobs, I would come home and just work learning web design and affiliate marketing and just everything I needed to know about running a website. And then by the time I was finished with my work, I was able to like start, you know, running a business full time after that. And that's, you know, I had some savings after that and I was able to you know, start working out how to do it. There was not really any information out there. So there was a few people on some website forums that were telling you how to make websites and how to make money, but there wasn't really the travel aspect of it. So I was just making it up as I go, really. And I probably took much longer than it needed to take because there wasn't really anyone telling me what to do in that regard. So there wasn't any podcasts like this or resources where you can just plug in and go for it but pretty soon you know I was able to start making income which meant that I could start traveling you know and working at the same time. That is pretty incredible James because like you mentioned there wasn't really a lot of resources and you kind of just figured this all out yourself so for you how did you find out where your sweet spot was I know you talked about affiliate marketing I know you're also a writer how did you make sure that this was actually sustainable for you and what was really going to make you money right that would make you become a real and actual digital nomad. Yeah, it was probably because I, I started out making travel websites. So at, at the start, it was when I, I did a web design course uh, in Australia and I just thought, well, I'll just make travel websites because that's what I like doing. I didn't even realize that you could make money at that point. So I just thought I wanted to do it for fun because I like surfing the internet all the time. And then at some point I discovered maybe it was a hotel or airline website where they pay you a commission if if you send traffic to them and they make a sale and I was like oh that's interesting I didn't know you could do that so I started then thinking well maybe I should build websites that are more geared towards you know making sales in that regard so in that way it became a you know a passion project because it was like well I actually love travel I love planning about travel so it was no problem for me to like, you know, finish my day job and then just come home and keep tinkering on my websites to make this work. And then I, I started seeing in 
some of the affiliate marketing forums where people were making good money and that gave me hope. So that was the first time I started seeing people in the web business where the affiliate business where it was like, okay, this is actual, there's people actually doing this as a full-time thing so maybe I can do it as well. Uh, the people on those sites though were sort of just working at home and they weren't really talking about traveling as such. So, and then, and I didn't really, I didn't even think to talk about that myself. So I was, uh, after Ireland, I went to Switzerland for six months where I was with my girlfriend at the time. And then we just stayed there and I was working there. And that was my first taste of sort of living the digital nomad life because I was like living in this foreign country. And then I'd be going off on these train trips to these beautiful mountains and then I'd come home and then I'd be working on some project. And I don't even, I don't remember when the word digital nomad started. So I'd just be telling people, oh, I'm just working on the internet, making money or something. So it was a very much longer way of saying what I was doing. It's so funny because like, you you know, it's it was a foreign thing for a lot of people, right? Being a digital nomad. And now it's become so much more well-known, especially during the pandemic, people are working remotely. And before, what you and I do, James, is very... I guess it, there's no security. A lot of people think it's very unstable. But then when the pandemic happened, now people see that it's so much more secure than uh, people originally thought, right? But obviously, before there was a lot of that misconception. And a lot of times when you're just starting out with this, there is that sense of, okay, well, this is not like a stable, quote unquote, stable nine to five. Did you ever have that hump in terms of thinking about security and how did you go get over that when the income wasn't secure? How did you make sure that you didn't have that type of mentality that really allow, you know made you give up? Yeah, there's definitely there's a lot of insecurity in the uh in this kind of work and especially in travel i found it to be very seasonal like that i was always doing very well around the northern spring when people were planning trips to europe for example and i'd just be like i'd be having a great time but then by the winter it'd just really fall off so i was very prudent at the start like i'd see these people who would just all of a sudden have a great windfall and then they'd go out and buy an expensive car for example and then next thing you know, they've got to sell it because they didn't, you know, they're crashed and burned. So I, I was always very prudent in that regard, making sure I've got enough runway if something happens in the future. And I think over time, you just get a entrepreneur mindset where every day you, you're going out and you're trying to work out how to make money. And I just think about where I came from because I had a lot of years of boring, soul-crushing work where I was working in an office or in a factory or labouring in a in a outdoor environment, lifting heavy things, for example. I did a lot of work and I, I, I can remember, well, that's where I'm going to go if I, if I don't succeed. So I need to keep working, basically. And in what I do now isn't really that hard. I'm just at home when I don't have to commute. I don't have to, like, put up with people in an office I don't like and I'm not exerting my body eight hours a day so yeah it's it's there it is that the incentive of not wanting to go back 
(laughs) It definitely gives you a lot of freedom when you have a say in how you make your money. And it also allows you so much more freedom with how you live your life as well. And I think for most of us, that is really the call and the lure for for most of us to do this type of lifestyle, even if in the beginning it's a a lot of struggle. uh, I, I really love what I do. So it's sort of like, it's not like I have a set time where I'm, I have to think about things. I might be outside somewhere and I'll all of a sudden have an idea and I'll write it down and then I'll go and work it out. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's definitely not for everyone. You know, there's a lot of people that do love the nine to five and they want, I guess, office space and people they can talk to on the daily. But for us, it's, you know, the perk of being able to work from home if you want to Uh, start a family and spend time with them. You can do that if you want to travel. You can do that as well. So there's definitely, I I guess for us, it definitely outweighs all the other stuff that (laughs) uh, comes along with a nine to five, even if it's a little bit unstable or insecure in the beginning. So that's definitely the beauty of this life. That's true. And also I would say, you know, you might want to try this lifestyle and you find out it's not for you anyway. So I think the best thing is that you at least you had a go at it rather than staying at the office and not thinking and thinking, oh, maybe I should have had a try. Um, but, you know, not everyone lasts this long, I suppose. I mean, not everyone, uh, maybe some people want to go back to a, a regular regimented life. So, you know, it's, the, it, it's up for everyone to find out what their job is meant to be in life. Absolutely. And the thing is, you can always get another nine to five. And there's a lot of different opportunities with this this lifestyle. So like you said, if you try it, you don't like it, you can always go back. If you love it, there's a lot of different opportunities for you. Um, And whether you want to travel or you want to stay at home, it's really up to you and what you do. So let's talk about being on the road, James, because this is really what we're all interested in for those who want to be a digital nomad. Tell us kind of what it's really like. And I think the first thing that most people are interested in knowing is what are your expenses like? Because I know you're saving uh, a ton, right? You don't commute anymore. You choose countries or places that are less expensive. So can you give us a little background about that, like what it's like and, you know, what is a typical day and what your expenses are when when you are on the road? Uh, well, a typical day has changed a lot over the years. So I've been traveling for 19 years as a digital nomad. So at the start, I was more energetic, I suppose you could say, where I could easily spend months of the time traveling around. And then over time, my my travel style was changed where I sort of might pick a place and stay there for a long time and then go on shorter trips with less luggage and then go from there. And also where I travel has changed a lot too. So because I was in London and Dublin at the start, I sort of spent a lot of time after that traveling around Europe and I'd spend maybe five months of the year in the summer in Europe and then I'd come back to Australia and stay there for a few months and then maybe one month in in Asia. And then gradually over time uh, I sort of started spending more time in Southeast Asia where I am now and started using that as a home base and then 
Europe became my one month trip a year. So it, it sort of certainly changed a lot. And uh, obviously, it's very much much cheaper in this part of the world as well. So staying here longer and then traveling around here. Uh, and it's, it's changed a lot too, because when I first came here, you know, obviously there wasn't as much internet, but now internet is everywhere. You can go to a little roadside side cafe and there's a someone has Wi-Fi there for you. So that's really been probably the biggest change for for this sort of lifestyle where I can I can do this uh, in all sorts of places. Love that. And from all of the places that you've really traveled to, James, what has been your favorite place and why? Well, I'll probably say Vietnam because I'm here now and I've spent a lot of time here. But, you know, it's really hard to pick a favorite because uh, I've had so many great experiences. I've been to about 70 countries, I think. And, you know, every time I go somewhere new, I'm always just fascinated and I'm grateful to be able to travel somewhere, somewhere, somewhere new anytime. And I know when you're on the road, there's a lot of different things that you encounter, right? A lot of it obviously good, but sometimes there's some struggles there too. What would you say has been one of the biggest ones that you had to kind of acclimate yourself towards in order to make this a really great journey for yourself? By now, I've I've kind of got the hang of the travel aspect, but there's sort of, I think whenever you go somewhere new, there's always you know, the moving different places and then getting set up or maybe you you arrive somewhere and there's the internet isn't working then you end up losing a day because you're just running around doing stuff. So all those sort of little things sort of get in the way of running a, a well-oiled online business. And, and then obviously when I go for more adventurous travels, heading out to you know, islands or whatever and there's less internet or maybe the, the bus is only travelling at 15 miles an hour or whatever. So you, you've kind of got to pay for those experiences. Like you know that they're going to take a while but there's something that you need to do every now and again because that's sort of part of the fun of doing all this. Yeah, and it's so interesting when you're travelling around and then you kind of prepare for so many different things, right? But then there's always something that you never even expected that could happen to you, which is so funny when when that happens, whether it's moments that, you know, delays or no internet because now you're working online or it's the people that you meet, which is really incredible. So that's really fun when when you have those moments sometimes it's aggravating when you're there but when you look back at it then it's a different story because then it becomes moments that you really love absolutely you know and it's also over time you know there's been a great community online that's grown over the years where you can just plug in anywhere and you can look in the right places and find people to meet who are sort of living a similar lifestyle like I said at the start, when I was doing this, there was only people on some forums that were just staying at home. So I didn't really meet anyone that was doing what I was doing. Uh, now I can sort of plan travel around, sort of knowing that I can meet people uh, online and go and meet them in person. Yeah. And now that there's a lot of these different communities, James, where do you usually go to find them, especially if there's specific places or maybe you're just looking around? Where do you typically find the the people that you can meet all over the world? Actually, I've 
uh, I found most interesting people on Twitter and in some Facebook groups. There's like, you know, some maybe digital nomad groups in different cities. So places like that. You know, sometimes I've had a big enough audience to sort of uh, just put out the word that I might be going somewhere and maybe someone will say, oh, you should meet this person and that will get me on the right track. Love that. And now that you've traveled for so long, you've met so many different people, I'm sure you get introduced to a lot of people as well. So that's always fun, you know, because it doesn't even seem like you're strangers anymore because you meet each other online before you even meet each other in person, which is it's really nice to have that. So, James, let's fast forward to about 20 to 30 years from now and you're looking back at your life. What legacy would you like to leave and what do you want to be remembered for? I think I want to be remembered for my work, what I'm doing at the moment. I'm sort of working on future cities in Southeast Asia. So I'm uh, writing about transport, infrastructure and construction, modernising cities. So I've sort of fallen into that category now because I've travelled around here so much that my interest has sort of become about uh, modernising cities. So there's not a lot of information out there that's available for the public because they always buried in old reports or in fragmented news articles. So I've been archiving news, trying to put together what's happening here and trying to make cities a better place to live here. Love that. That's such a great legacy to have. And that's something that a lot of people can definitely get something from, you know, that's a positive thing that you're doing for each of the communities. I love that. So James, before we say goodbye, I have five rapid questions for you. Are you ready to answer them? Let's go for it. Awesome. So first, what has been the best thing you've ever spent on while abroad and why? My first ever laptop when I was in Dublin. So that was in uh, 2002 and I arrived I had no money, and I um, but I needed to start building a website. So I just basically maxed out my credit card and bought a laptop. And I freaked out the day I bought it. But oh my god, what have I done? But I ended up spending a year <laughs> just working really hard every night just to build my business. And that laptop became my, you know, just the thing that got me into this lifestyle. Love that. Amazing. What a great buy. And now it's it's what you do. All right. Now describe what your ideal day looks like, James. My ideal day is a mix between work and travel. So pretty much the life I've built. So I get up and I just check to make sure my business is running okay. And if it is, then I don't have to do anything for the rest of the day. So maybe I'll be in a new city somewhere. And after I've had breakfast and just did an hour of emails, I go out exploring a new city, looking around, having a great time and come home and have a rest and then go out again and maybe meet some people that I've uh, met online or maybe if I've got friends there. So that's a pretty nice day out for me, sort of how I've built my life where I get to travel and my, my life, my business has sort of enabled me to travel. Perfect. Now, where would, it say, would you say is the best location to live as a digital nomad or a remote worker? Um, 
Well, I've, I guess I've done everything the wrong way because I started in, in the most expensive country in the world, in Switzerland. Well, Norway is probably the most expensive. But anyway, I, but that was fun, you know. But I think if you're starting out, you know, obviously everyone goes to Southeast Asia like Chiang Mai or something like that. I spend a lot of time in Chiang Mai. and I think once you've, like, you know, you're working at home and then, you feel like you can go out into the world, that's probably a good place to start. Love that. Now, if you could have a superpower, what would it be? Oh, I think I would be uh, dangerous with a superpower. So I'd probably abuse it. So um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, maybe just infinite health. You know, I've had health problems every now and again. So I think, you know, I'd put health over money. Oh, perfect. Love that. That's a great superpower. You're like, you're always healthy. (laughs) (laughs) What's the one thing you wish you did sooner? Uh, Good question. I think, actually, I always fantasize about all the domain names I should have registered years in advance. So, you know, I'd probably go back and get all those four letter domains that were available in the 1990s. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. And that's a good way to make money from those too, oh, right? <laughs> I, was, I was sick of looking for domains because every time I come up with a name, I'm like, oh, yeah, how do I come up with a name? So anyway, uh, that'd be kind of fun if I could do that. But, uh, you know, there's still you can still come up with names. You just get someone to help you and it's fine. Love that. Yeah, it's so it's like um, hunting for treasure now. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Now, thank you so much, James, for speaking with us today. If our listeners want to know more about you, where can they find you? You can go to nomadicnotes.com, which is my main travel blog, and I wrote write about digital nomadism occasionally there. And I'm also at futuresoutheastasia.com, which is the project I'm talking about, which is talking about new cities and infrastructure in Southeast Asia. Perfect. Thank you so much, James. We really appreciate you for being here. We can't wait to see what else is in store for you and follow your journey along. Thanks for having me. I hope you enjoyed this interview with James. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get more tips on how to become a remote worker. Hey friend, have you been wanting to start a podcast? I know it can be overwhelming in the beginning. Believe me, I have been there. Lucky for you, we have created a new site called howtocreatepodcast.com that shares a ton of freebies that can help you get started. From launching, growing to monetizing, we share it all in one place. Visit howtocreatepodcast.com for more information. Hey, listeners, thank you for listening to this episode, and I'm so thankful for your support. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode and get suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss, and so much more. Feel free to reach out at hello at theoffbeatlife.com and let me know what you'd like to hear. If you like the show, don't forget to give us some love and review on iTunes. Thank you again for being a part of this journey, and I can't wait to hear how your location-independent story will unfold.